I want to ask you a question, uh, a little different sermon. I hope it's a little different for you. What is the greatest character trait in the Bible, in the Scripture? I want you to think about it for just a second and, and uh, turn in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 15 while you're doing that. Now think about it. What in all the Scripture, you know, if, hopefully you've read it maybe more than once. And so if you've read it, you know, throughout the Scripture, as you go through it and you, you do devotions on it, there's different verses that pop out to you. What I like about the Word of God, it's not a Reader's Digest. It's not a Sports Illustrated. It's a living Word. You know, so every time I, I read the Bible and I went, oh, my goodness, I forgot that that verse was in there. You know, and it just jumps out of the page and it just becomes life to you. And you might have read it a dozen times, but at that moment, it becomes real to you. And that's why, because it's a living Word. I read the Sports Illustrated one time, and it talked about all the predictions for the coming year, and I laid it down, and after the season was near over, I picked it back up, and I was reading about what this person was going to do, and it was wrong, and what this one was going to do, and they missed that one, and I'm like, you know, I just laid it down after a couple pages. I, when I first read it, I read the whole thing, because it was, it, it was new words, but then when I read it again, it was dead words. So I thought, this is no, there's no reason to continue reading this. This is old news, so, and it's really not even prophetic. You know, they missed half of it. And uh, I, I, just, I just like the Word of God because the Lord, Word of God, it, what, it, it's, I love music because music is the melody and it, it makes your spirit, releases your spirit. I love the hymnals, but it's not the Word of God. And so a lot of people build their life on music only. It has the Word of God in it, but they have to change it to make it rhyme. And so with the Word of God is what's going to change you. But here's the question. What is the greatest character trait in the Scripture? What would that answer be? If you had a choice of one word, what would that answer be? And uh, it's, I've gotten a lot of answers when I ask that. So I, I want to try to hopefully answer that for you tonight. So Psalms chapter 15, let's stand in honor of reading God's Word. You can say you've been moved twice today. Amen. <laughs> All right, verse 1. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh, not the, truth, or speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbideth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. And whose eyes a vile person is contempt, but he honoreth them with that fear of the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changes not. He that putteth at not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. All right? There's a whole list of things that God's telling us to do that we will we'll be here a year from now. We'll be here 10 years from now. I know people today that are not in the ministry. I was in Bible school with 100 people. The professor stood up and said, only 10% of you will be in the ministry 10 years from now. And he was absolutely right. I can count 10 of those people who are still serving the Lord out of those 100 men who dedicated their life to preach. These weren't Bible students. These were preachers. But he said, you will not be able to lay down the, the weight that so easily besets you, thus it will knock you out of the ministry. And so true. And also, I, you know, what will keep us here? You know, this same time, what will bring us here again this time next year? And will you be holier next year than you are this year? That's what the Scripture is trying to teach us, is that we will grow in grace. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your love and your goodness to us. And Lord, again, I, I thank you for the privilege to stand behind this piece of, of wood, Lord. And, and Lord, it's an honor. It's an honor to say, thus saith the Lord. So let it be your words and let it be your thoughts. Let it be your spirit, Lord, that we receive today. 
You know, teach us your ways, Lord. You are perfect in all that you do. And we're, we're, we're imperfect, but you've called on us, an imperfect world, to show a world that knows nothing about you, the love of God. So, Lord, thank you for your long suffering and thank you for your patience for, with us. So, Lord, that you fill our hearts and lives this very evening that we'll go out this week and that others may know how great our God is because of what they see in us, Lord. Lord, help us to be as much like you so others can be like you also. Bless us tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. He may be seated. I think about a, a man, he was selling uh, meat and he had sold all out all of the red meat and he was down to the chickens and, and the people were picking through the chickens because they were getting to the puny ones and they were getting to the ones that were damaged. And, and so he was trying to help them out. So he put all of them underneath the table. And so when they asked for chicken, do you have chicken? Yeah, oh, we got plenty. He would pick one up, put it on the table. Well, he got down to one chicken left. And so lady came up and said, I'd like to have a chicken, please. So he said, good, we got exactly what you need. He reached under there and he pulled out a chicken. He laid it on the table. And as she was looking at it and she was examining it, he said, hmm, that one looks awful small. He, she go, he goes, well, that was awesome. He said, do you have any more? He said, I sure do. So he took that chicken and he put it underneath the table and he, he rustled around like there was other ones under the table, but he only had one. So they put the same chicken back up on the table. And she goes, man, there you go. That one's much better. She goes, oh, yes. That one's a lot better than that other one. He said, I agree, absolutely. So you want this one? She goes, uh, I think I'll take both of them. <laughs> you know, beware, your sins will find you out. You know, but, you know, character traits. You know, there's character traits that, that tell people who you really are. You know, so there, a store owner interviewed a young man for a job, and he asked, if I hire you to work in my store, will you be honest and truthful? The young man instantly replied, I'll be honest and truthful if you hire me or not. That's exactly what our heart attitude ought to be. Working for you doesn't make me who I am. You know, working for the Lord is what makes me who I am. And realizing it's Him I please. Do all things hardly as unto the Lord, not as unto men. Colossians 3.23 teaches us. And so, you know, I, so which character trait is the greatest? All right. Which one is it? So I, let's try one. All right. All right. Let's try love. How many, just think, who picked love? First Corinthians chapter 13. You know, for the great, you know, it tells us 13, 13. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity. And charity is just love in action. It's love with legs on it. You know, so, and the, you know, these three, faith, hope, and charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. All right? So, wow, maybe we got our answer. Well, what did God tell Solomon? He asked him, he said, pick anything, choose. And he said, I'm just a nobody. And you want me to lead these millions of people? He said, grant me wisdom. And God returned him in 1 Kings chapter 3. And God said unto him, because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked of thyself long life. Neither hast thou asked riches for thyself, nor asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding, discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there is none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. So maybe wisdom is... Well, if we had wisdom, we would know who to love and who not to love. Maybe, I don't know. I just... Uh, well, okay. Uh, how about patience? 
You know, patience is a virtue. What we say is, Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. You know, that's our prayer. So, you know, but Isaiah 40, 31, you might know it. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of, eagle, uh, wings of eagles. They shall uh, run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So maybe waiting upon the Lord, uh, we would get, not get in as much trouble if we would just wait it. You know, a lot of times we get ahead of God. You know, and He lets us. And then we, He'll let us you know, realize what we've done and then He'll catch up with us and, okay, God, let's do it your way. So maybe patience. But if I had wisdom, I'd know when to be patient and when to love. But, but if I had patience, then wisdom, I would know when to use it. Hmm. Okay. All right, try another one. Honor. All right. Ephesians 6, 2. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, thou mayest live long on the earth. You know, if I want to have long life, then I need to learn how to Honor. You know, so, I mean, Gary Smalley had a seminar, a marriage seminar, and all the people in there were struggling with their marriages. He had a violin, and he passed it around, and everybody looked at it. It had a broken throat, and they were real soft with it because it was, you know, broken. And as they passed it from person to person to person to person to person, and it got back to him, he said, that violin is worth one hundred dollars to $600,000 because in the very throat of it is stamped on the back side, Stradivarius 1727. And everybody in the auditorium went, ooh, oh. And he said, you hear that? He said, if you would teach your, or you would treat your spouse the same way you treated this violin, an inanimate object you bestowed honor upon. If you would bestow honor upon your loved one just as much, then that would lead to a lot. Maybe we, you wouldn't be sitting here in this seminar this weekend. And that's the whole thrust is honor. If we learn to honor one another, this whole world, that's just a problem. To watch a teenager dishonor a police officer on the news, I just, I can't, I have to turn the television. Because I just want to reach to that TV and just grab them and shake them, you know, and show them what the blood of Jesus looked like. And just pound the love right into them, you know. How dare they? Like somebody forgot to take a belt off to that child. You know, that's sad. You know, just, and the officer had to sit there and take it. And in cops and police officers are retiring by the droves. What's going to, who's going to take their place? Uh, it's sad and just dishonor. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, on my Facebook page, somebody posted it for me. And a kid's standing there with a mask on and they're talking about defund the police and, de you know, down with the police, you know, and, you know, get rid of the police. And the guy, they had this big picture, big glass windows. And the guy picked up a brick like a rock. He's going to throw it through that window. And the guy turned around, grabbed a chainsaw, <laughs> ran him off with it. And the kid's standing there going, call 911, call 911. You just said defund the police. Okay, defund the police until you're assaulted, then you're going to want the police. All right? They're not your friend as long as you're not doing right. If you're, if you're doing right, you don't care. You know, I promise you, you're driving down the road and that speed line says 55 and you're going 54 and the police is sitting over there in the bushes, you're just smiling. You're going 74, you're like, uh-oh. Now what can I tell him? Because he's, he's about to learn me something. He's about to learn me the cost of a ticket. Amen. So honor. Honor would solve a lot of problems in our churches, a lot of problems in our homes, a lot of problems in our communities, a lot of problems if we learn to honor. How about humility? James 4, 6. God resisteth the proud, but what? Giveth grace unto whom? The humble. You know, what makes, what gives me a son who's, 
in college and who's willing to stand up and sing from the Lord where someone else's family has a son the same age who won't even go to church. And the last thing he'll talk about is the Lord. What is the difference? What did you do that he didn't do? And absolutely nothing. The only thing that gives me this privilege is the grace of God. God, God saw fit to bless me and honor me. And, you know, so how do you get more grace? How do you get that grace? God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. The more humble you are, the more grace you will receive. All right, how about integrity? Maybe you won't be hiding chickens. All right. Job 2, 9. You know, his wife came up to him. Job, you know, the devil came to the Lord and petitioned him. Let you know the devil has no authority unless God gives it to him. All right. So he said, consider my servant Job. He said, yeah, but he's got all his assets. You got a hedge around him. Remove that hedge and he'll curse you to his face. He did. He, he lost all of his goods. He lost his children, ten children. But yet he said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he did not dishonor the Lord. And he said, the devil, he went back to the devil. The Lord went back to Satan and said, did you, did you talk to Job? I know you did. He said, yeah, but he's got his health. You take away his health, he'll curse you to, his, to your face. He said, you can have it. You can have everything but his life. So he covered his, covered his body in bulls. I don't know if you've had a bull, but I've had a bull or two. All right? I won't tell you what their names are. All right? But, but you know, I've had a bull, and it's not funny. Can you imagine having bulls all over your body? Can you imagine having them on your feet where you can't stand up and preach? Where you have them on your backside where you can't even sit down? Have them on your shoulders where you can't lay down? Have them on your head? All right? Have them on your face? Where you have to talk to someone, you got a big bull right there on your face? And I, I can't imagine that. Can you imagine having one on your tongue while you're trying to eat? He had them all over his body. Can you imagine him having them on his hands? You know, so his wife looked at him and said, You know, dost thou still retain thy integrity? You keep saying that God is good. Why do you keep saying that? Why don't you just curse God and die? He said, woman. He said, he said unto her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of the Lord and shall not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. The Lord gives us, do we bless God in the good times and curse him in the bad? He's the God of the good. He's the God of the bad. In God's economy, there's nothing bad. All right, so what, what, maybe it's integrity. You know, can I hold my integrity even though I lose something in the deal? And I don't see it coming. My parent dies or my wife dies or my child dies or my company goes bankrupt and I lose my job. My career's changed. Uh, my, my parents get divorced. Uh, you know, I, something happens. Traumatic in my life. Can I come up and look to God and say, you're the God of the good. You're good, God. You're a good, good father. And I just want to praise your name. Can we do that? You know, integrity. Can we bless God in the good times and bless God in the bad times? Well, maybe integrity is the best character trait. How about devotion? Being fully devoted to God. You know, Genesis 5, 20. And Enoch walked with God and was not. For God took him. You know, God and Enoch walked together so much that when God looked down at Enoch, he looked at him and said, Hey, Enoch. It's closer to my house than it is yours. Let's just come on home with me. And he took him. And awesome. You walk that close with God. You walk so close to God that God's right there, very presence is right there with his arm around you. And he can't tell the difference between your house and his. 
Ooh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So how about faith? In Hebrews eleven six 6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, all right, and that he's a rewarder that faithfully seek him. All right, so we've got to believe that he is God, and he can answer this prayer, and he can fix this situation, and he will if he wishes to, all right, and he will reward me if I diligently seek him. You know, a lot of times we pray, you know, the problem is our prayer life is not as what it needs to be. Hey, God, this is Jimmy. Now let me tell you what you can give me. You know, and you make a list and that's it. And out you go and you expect that to be laying there when you get back. You know, and that's your communication with God. And God says, I just want a little more time with you. You know, this problem, you know, is, is uh, this lack, you know, I don't really know if you want it. So let me see if you want it. So faith, maybe our faith, maybe if we had faith, then maybe we could have some of these other things too. How about prayer? 1 Samuel 12, 23. Moreover, for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. You know, when they cast out the demon, they said, he, Jesus just came in and, and he came back. The demon kept coming back to the demoniac and he kept, he just looked at him. You know, and, and the demon left him. He said, how, could, how can you do that? And we not. Matthew 17, it says, uh, I think it's 17, it's 24, 17. He goes, I think it's 17. He goes, he goes, some things come only by prayer and fasting. Jesus had been spending time with the Lord, praying for that very moment when it arrived. They had been doing nothing but arguing with this guy. And so which one was ready to take him on? Maybe all of these things would be better if I had more prayer in my life. So let's ask again, which is the most important? All right, there is. I just want to give you the answer. There's one word that intertwines the theme of every word I gave you. All right? And so think about this. Here, here's different words. It's, which is the greatest character trait? Here's the answer. The greatest character trait in the Scripture is initiative. All right? Let me give you some words that prove it. You ready? Study. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. All right? You have to take initiative to study. Ask. And it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Seek the Lord while he may be found. All right? And then uh, knock. Knock and it shall be opened to you. And every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and he that knocketh shall be opened to him. All right? So God's telling you these things. So everyone take, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. All right? Do you know two people can walk with God and not ever get close to one another? Two people can work, walk. So I, I can put somebody on this side, down this aisle, and I can put somebody on that aisle, and y'all both can be going in the same direction, or I can put them back there and have them coming towards this pulpit, but you need, neither one of you get closer to each other. You're going in the same direction, but you're not getting closer. So we might be going with God, but we're not getting closer to God because we're not drawing to Him. He said, Call unto me, and I'll answer thee great, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knoweth not. You know, call upon the name of the Lord. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Takes initiative to call out to God and tell him the truth. All right, cry. You know, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all his troubles. Come unto me, all you labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me. All right, so God's teaching us that these words are grafted in the one word that is underlined, it holds up and supports everyone is initiative. He said, you know, learn of me. You know, come, learn of the Lord. Come and learn of me. He says, prove me. You know, I double dog dare you. That's what that word prove means. 
You know, we, we see the Christmas movie in Christmas time where it says, I triple dog dare you. He said, nobody can turn down a triple dog dare. And he sticks his tongue on the pole and he wished he never had. All right. And so, and everyone I was thinking, either I remember doing that or I'm glad I didn't do that. I almost did that. All right. But God's trying to tell you, prove me. I triple dog dare you to prove me. That I'll show you. That I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour a blessing upon you that your house might not even be able to receive it. He's not talking about, he's not talking about financial blessing there. All right. He's saying, I'll open up the windows of heaven. What does the windows do? They let the light in. He said, watch me. The worst thing to do is for people to walk in darkness, especially children of God. He's given us the light of his world. He is the light of the world. And in him, we have him with us always. And to walk in darkness is sad because you don't have to. You know, and so, but one way to show it is, let me show you. Give and it shall be given to you. All right, press down above measure, you know, for just falling over, you know. So, I mean, it's like having cookies. I remember one time I made cookies with my mom. She was a professional cook. And so, and she made, she, I learned a lesson because I got the brown sugar and it called for one cup and I just put one cup in and they didn't taste right. And she said, you didn't pack the brown sugar, did you? I said, well, you mean pack the brown sugar. So she showed me, she packed it down in there. And when she showed me hers versus mine, she has twice as much. So the brown sugar is the goodness of the cookie. I got twice as much goodness in mine. That's why you ate twice as many of mine as you did yours. All right. You know, that's what he's saying. Give and God will return it to you. You know, meditate on the word of God. Meditate means you just chew on it over and over and over again. Run the race that God has set before you. You know, Paul said, I've run my race. I've finished the course. Can you say that? You know, delight myself in the ways of the Lord. He'll give you the desire of your heart. You know, my prayers for people say, brother, pray for me. And I said, that's what I pray, Lord. Give this brother, let him delight himself in you so you'll give him the desire of his heart. I don't know the desire of his heart, but you do know, you know God. So let him delight in you. Teach me thy ways, O Lord. Show me thy paths. Every one of these words I gave you are rooted in the word initiative. I mean, you go back to the ones I did give you, you'll see them there. Love, wisdom, patience, honor, humility, integrity, devotion, faith, prayer. You know, one of these was it. Maybe, no, all of these are grounded, are actually held up and structured by one word, initiative, because none of them have any value to you if you don't initiate them. I'll show you what I mean. All right? Holy Spirit came into this service this morning. Holy Spirit's here tonight. Amen. I can see it on your faces. Some of you brought Jesus with you. Amen. Here's what the Holy Spirit's not going to do, okay? What he's not going to do is say, hey, son, come here. All right, I want you to come down here and come to this altar. There you go. Now pray, boy, pray. All right, start praying. Louder. No, but your whole heart now. Give me all your heart. Come on now, you can do it. Give me what's in your heart. Leave it on the altar. Give it all. Give it all, son. Give it all. All right, God, the Holy Spirit's not going to do that. All right? You didn't pray long enough. Stay down there longer. All right? All right? Come on, work with me. All right? He's not going to beat it out of you. All right, go ahead. Let me tell you what he's going to do. He's going to say, come. Come. God's tapping on your heart's door, and he's going to say, come. And you've got to make a choice. You've got to make a choice. Do you come or not? 
I mean, think about this. He says, give. You know, I, had a, I worked at Covenant Transport. And this lady, uh, one of my drivers, she would give me money to give to missions. And she, her life started messing up on her because she quit giving money because she was on the road all the time. She said, here, I'm going to get my tithe. As I gave her a tithe, she ran back and forth across the country and made all kinds of money as a driver. So minute she stopped giving, her truck tore up, her family life, you know, broke down. She said, I need to catch up on my tithe. And I said, well, I was thinking about selling my car while we were talking. She goes, how much you want for it? Because her tithe's about $300 a month, $350, and she's three months behind. So I thought, $1,000, okay. So I said, well, I, how much you want for it? I said, about $2,000. I'd probably sell it for $2,000. So she went to the bank and handed me, got the money out, and came and handed me $1,000. I thought she was giving me the money to catch her tithe up. Six months later, she came back and she said, here's that other $1,000 to buy your car. Well, that night, I had taken that $1,000 and put it into the plate on Wednesday night missions. And I went, uh, 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 uh. I just sold my car. <laughs> and my wife said, only you would do that, brother, eh? Only you would do that. You would sell your car without knowing you sold your car. So I had this $1,000 in my hand. It was Wednesday night. And I thought, what am I going to do? So I, while from plate came around, I just laid that $1,000 in it. Lord, if it's your $1,000 on the other $1,000 was yours, then this $1,000 must be yours too. And she let me drive that car for two years. She said, do you, do you mind driving that car so that you can keep the air in the tires? And last time I had a car sitting out there, it, it rusted and it, the engine locked up. So would you please drive that car? And it, she would come and hand me money to put gas in it. <laughs> and I went, it is that not awesome. <laughs> and so one day, but she said, one day I need my car. I went, oh, you talking about my car? Yeah. I thought you was a preacher. Oh, they even hurt worse. <laughs> so I said, all right. I went down to buy a truck. He wanted, uh, wanted $10,000 for that truck. And I thought, okay. I ain't got $10,000. I ain't give $10,000 for that truck. I give you $9,000 for it. No, I didn't say that either. I just waited, and I waited and waited. And then it got to uh, end of December. And he said, I said, how much you want for that truck? He said, I got $7,000 in it. I got $7,200 in that truck. I said, I'll give you $6,000 for it. He said, okay. I said, wait a minute. You just told me you had $7,200 in it. You're going to give it to me and lose $1,200? Why would you do that? And he said, because I can't sell it. I said, I know, because that's my truck. God wants me to buy it. He ain't going to let nobody else buy it but me. And he said... But I can take that $6,000 and put it to another truck that somebody else will buy. And I can make money off of that one. All right? So just get it off of my lot. I said, no problem. <laughs> so I just made $4,000. I almost bought the truck for $9,000, so I saved about $3,000. I lost $2,000 in the car, but God, I didn't lose anything. That girl calls me today, texts me every once in a while, years later, just to check on me. Because... I was her preacher on the road. The Bible tells us to ask. Ask anything of the Lord, and it shall be given to you. For two or, two or more agree as touching anything, it shall be given unto them. 
All right? You know, it takes initiative to do that. He says, receive the Lord Jesus Christ. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on his name. Receive him. A lot of times people don't get saved because they don't want to receive Christ. They don't want to tell God the truth. They're a sinner in need of a Savior. God wants us to activate this word. And some of us not activated in a long time, maybe. This is the root word that will define your Christianity. And what do they ask the question, Brother Ross? If they put you on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence against you to condemn you? Would there be enough against us? Would the world have enough against us to prove to, the, to others that we are Christian? The only way we'll do that is by taking initiative to act upon what God's already told us. He's already said He supplied all your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. All right, it is not whether or not he has the ability. What whether or not is you have asked for it. Ask and it shall be given to you. All right. And so they have not because they ask not. Because they asked amiss. In other words, they ask for everything but what God, what's, what, what God wants for your life. And so let's go back to the original scripture and I'll be done. Psalms 15.1. Now let's think about this. Lord. All right, you're calling, you're praying. He's, this is a prayer unto God. For, so it takes initiative to pray this prayer. All right, to call out to God, Lord. You see initiative right here. Who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He's asking God a question. It takes initiative to ask the question. All right, he that walketh, all right, walketh takes initiative. Uprightly takes initiative. And worketh righteousness. Worketh takes initiative. Righteousness takes initiative. And speaketh initiative. The truth initiative in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue. Initiative. Nor doeth evil to his neighbor. Nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. All of these what? Take what? Initiative. You have to activate this. You have to make this happen. God's not going to do it for you. I mean, he... In whose eyes a vile person is contempt, but he honors them that fear the Lord. Initiative. He honors those who honor him. It takes initiative to honor the Lord. He that sweareth initiative to his own hurt. Lord, let me lose the money instead of my brother lose it. And changes not. It takes initiative to hold your ground. I am the Lord God. I change not. He takes initiative for you. You ought to take initiative for him. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. You know, God's already told you. He's already shown you how much he loves you. And already showed you how much he wants you to be part of his family. He already showed you how much he wants you. He doesn't know if you want him. How do you show him you want him? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. He tells us that if we, if we will confess with our mouth initiative, the Lord Jesus, take those words, Lord Jesus, and swap them, Jesus is Lord. You're going to say, Lord, you're about to give me something that only you can give me. And believe in thy heart initiative that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. God's saying, if you'll do your part, I promise you I'll do my part. And that's what the Holy Spirit's trying to get you to understand. Abraham, I want you to go to a land. He said, where? He said, I'll show you when you get there. All right. 
I mean, I want you to go. He, he lived in a city similar to Nashville or Atlanta, probably owned a large part of it. He gave all of that up to go to the desert. But he made him a father of the nations. Did he lose a deal? No. But what did he get? Moses saw a burning bush. What is this thought? He drew near to it, took initiative to draw near. Most people would just run. I don't know if I, I don't know what I'd do. I always thought about that. What would you do if you saw bushes burning and it wasn't being consumed? That's a scary thought. And he said, take off the shoes from off thy feet. Took initiative to follow that voice. I mean, God wants us. He's already told us a lot in our hearts what to do. We have to decide if we're going to do it or not. What word do you have to activate? Initiative. Take the initiative to say yes to God. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love and your goodness to us. Lord, I pray you give sinners courage tonight, Lord, to make things right with you. Lord, to, to take initiative to pray for their neighbor or take initiative to pray for their loved one. Lord, if their loved one won't pray, then they can pray for them. Lord, to take initiative for their own life and fix the pieces that they're broken and come and lay them down at your feet. And Lord, and let you have control of that area of their life. Lord, that we may come and confess our sin to you tonight. So Lord, that the full power of God may radiate through our bodies, through our beings. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would help us see the power in saying yes to you. Lord, draw us to your side. Lord, you're already standing there with your arms wide open saying, come. It's our time, Lord, to come. Bless us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Ray. Another great message, another on-time message. Amen. 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 Brother Ray, we've been going through some of those traits on Wednesday night. And it's never even crossed my mind that none of them mean anything unless we act on them. So that's, that's, that's amazing how God just puts things together. Thank you, Brother Ray. If you'll slip out to the lobby, we want to be able to uh, tell you we love you and thank you for coming for sure. Uh, church, Hatton's family just been a blessing to us today. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a good hand. Amen. Amen. Amen, church. And that was one of those messages that you got to chew on. You really got to chew, and you and, and you got to show initiative. Not just when you leave here tonight and you go get your milkshake somewhere, but you got to show initiative on Monday. You got to show initiative on Tuesday, and all the way through the week. That's one of those messages that that'll stick with you, that'll help you through the week. So I look forward to seeing you all Wednesday night, 6:45 for prayer meeting and Bible study. It's going to be a great night. But let's ask the Lord's blessing on this service, and let's close out. Father, thank you so much for your people, your family. God, thank you for the time we've had today in your house. Thank you for the man of God that you sent to bring the message and be your man today. God, I pray that you bless him for his effort, bless him for his study, bless him for the time he took to labor in your word. God, I pray that you bless a sweet family, those that have come to support him and to aid him in the ministry. God, I pray that you do a mighty work through this family, Lord, in the days ahead. God, help us as a church to continue Lord, in your grace and in your favor, and do all things according to your will. God, I pray and I ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's be dismissed and see you all Wednesday night.